Hi, welcome to your Best Bet Podcast, a podcast where we discuss the week's sports golf events uh, and give our picks for the uh, current week's events. Uh, topics for this week will be Spieth's win at the RBC. We'll do an over-under on career majors for eight, nine, ten guys. Uh, we'll talk about Tiger and Phil discussing our, our entering the U.S. Open, uh, more so on just the fact that everybody seems excited about Tiger and less so about Phil. Has Phil ruined his image permanently? Uh, we'll discuss what our opinions are on the worst tournaments on the PGA Tour schedule, uh, possible formats that can fix those tournaments, and then we'll do a rundown of the Zurich bet, uh, Classic bets. Joining me tonight are Johnny Strasser and Phil Miller. Johnny, how are we? Uh, well, other than the, the the sleet storm that we just got outside here in uh, in mid April, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, and <laughs> congratulations on your first uh, uh, job hosting here. I'm glad to see some uh, you know a new a new voice here to finally take down uh, Phil's you know reign of terror that he's had on here for the past you know year plus. Well, thank you for that. I have some shoes to fill. Uh, Phil, how are you? I'm doing well. It's uh, first of all, it's it's really odd to be on the other side of the coin here. Uh, I I've, I'm already enjoying it uh, to not have to lead into every segment and transition and you know set up uh, like a point guard like Chris Paul last night when he just just decimated the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, I played golf yesterday. Um, I did not play golf today because it was much worse today. Uh, as opposed to yesterday, which was actually not even that great, but guys in like five days, it's going to be 80 degrees. So there's a, there's, I guess something to look forward to on the horizon, but it feels far away as of, uh, as we're recording this. Yeah. I think we have a three rivers tour event coming up on Saturday at autumn. Um, I'm unable to play, but I do believe Johnny, I saw he's playing. Phil, are you playing? I'm not in the field this week. No, I'm, uh, I, I will be out. So Johnny's going to be representing the podcast. And I'm sure he's going to get himself into contention and uh, hopefully bring one home. Yeah, looking forward to seeing it and we'll be rooting for him. Uh, let's start out with Spice win. Uh, five under round, his final day. Uh, five strokes gained on the field, off the tee, which is unlike him. Uh, so my question is, if we see this going forward, uh, is this going to bring him back into stardom, Johnny? You know, this was one of the wackiest ways of of a player winning. I mean, since 2010, and what I saw is he he had the worst putting performance by a player on the PGA Tour to win an event, and and he lost two and a half strokes to the field. That's a, that, that shows you how well he hit the ball. And at a course like Harbor town, that's really tight and very demanding with, uh, with your short irons. I mean, you, that's what you've got to do. Um, you know, you got to hit a lot of good iron shots. You got to get the ball close and he putted so bad, but I, I, I just can't believe how well he, he's striking it right now. And, you know, he missed uh, just a couple of little kick-ins there. Um, just some careless putts. 
thought that was going to end up knocking him out, out of the uh, the events there. But his golf swing right now um, is really good. And, and and one thing I did want to bring up at the top there is everybody kind of sees that pre sh- pre swing rehearsal that he does, where he takes the club all the way back, takes a full backswing, and kind of you know comes over the top of it and everything like that. Well, he's the 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 method at which why he or why he's trying to do that is to kind of lay the club off, get it more where he's not across the uh, across the line. That is turning out to be uh, the kind of the new new way to, to swing it. He's flattening out the swing a little bit and it's, uh, it's, it's working out really, really well. And, uh, um, you know, if, if he can kind of continue this, this, uh, um, you know, this dominant way of ball striking here, and if he can just catch up with the putter just a little bit there, um, you know, there's no telling how many events he could win this year. Um, I would expect at least one, maybe two more, um, you know, if not that, if he can keep that up. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me like there are multiple players throughout history that have made swing changes and it's taken them a couple of years and they've gone through lulls. Tiger's done it a few times. Phil, do you think that's something we could be seeing here? I don't know. Um, I'm a little less uh, optimistic than Johnny. I saw something on Data Golf that said uh, this statistically this tournament with speed strokes, uh, strokes gained to the field in this tournament that – this normally would win 5% of PGA tour tournaments, uh, his strokes game this week. He was very fortunate to win this golf tournament. Uh, when he posted at, uh, 13 under with that birdie on 18, I, I didn't think it was going to be enough. Uh, I thought Shane Lowry was going to win this tournament. Um, when he, when he finished up, it, it certainly seemed like Lowry's. And then I thought it was going to be Patrick Cantley. I even thought it was going to be Sepp Straka. You just saw these myriad of guys just drop off for some reason, one or the other. Lowry, Lowry with an incomprehensible double on 14, shipping into the water. Can't lay, can't make birdie on 18. Straka, Straka makes a bogey on 18. Harold Varner III does what Harold Varner III always does, which is come close but not, not come through in the clutch. Sorry, HV3, love you, but uh, got to see it at some point. I just, I just don't know what to take from this tournament because I think he was very fortunate to win. Now you could say he should have won by two or three. He missed the 18 inch putt Saturday. He missed two putts inside four feet on Sunday, and still won. So maybe that that's that's a, a hallmark to what he's been doing with his ball striking and showed how good it was. He was first in a tee to green this week. I just need to see more, I guess. Um, I think there was, there was some fortune here. It felt like a T3 or T4, and it just happened to back into a win. I will say uh, Dylan Deshay on, on Twitter, uh, golf writer I really like, he said it so perfectly. He said, no one, no one makes it look like Jordan Spieth does. He makes the easy look impossible, and he makes the impossible look easy. And that felt so, so true this weekend, did it not? Uh, I agree. Uh, I don't think he has that classically beautiful swing, but when he's on, he is, he is just, um, some other takeaways for me from that tournament, uh, just on a personal standpoint, I'm starting to feel a little bit more vindicated by my Kucher love from last year that, that wasn't panning out a top three. I'm feeling good about that. Um, Lowry is continuing to play well, which, you know, could go well. He's a guy that, that, that plays difficult golf courses well. So if he can keep that going good, going into the U S open in a couple months, that could really spell well for him. He's not a PGA championship guy for me, but he's definitely a, obviously a British open and a, a U.S. open guy for me. And then Fleetwood top 10, maybe, maybe starting to play a little bit better. 
do you guys have any takeaways or disagree with me on any of those three? Well, I, you know, I, I, I do agree. I mean, we talked about last week on the show, we did talk about Matt Kuchar. Um, I think we did, uh, we did. Uh, pinpoint him for a top 10, top 20, you know, he, he, traditionally Harbor town is a golf course that uh, you either see it and you play it well, or you, you, you don't see it. You don't like the lines and, and you, you just struggle at it and avoid it and everything. And then, you know, you look at the past champions who've won there multiple times and uh, um, you know, have had success and, and Matt Kuchar's always had that. So I, I do agree there. Shane Lowry though, that was a really, that kind of bothered me on how he played on the back nine there. Like he, he he started out shaky, like he topped his second shot on two, and then he hit him. He, he played three just terribly, and fourteen though was just uh, unimaginably bad. Um, when I played there last year, we we had the very similar pins because um, they kept the Sunday pins there um, two days after when I had played it, and that area that that back corner there there's no way to stop the ball. And, 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 you know, when you're in that sandy area that he was in, you've just got to chip it out to the middle of the green, you know, just hit it onto the rough, give yourself 25 feet to maybe make it. The greens aren't overly undulating there. So you can make putts and and they weren't that fast compared to, um, you know, a lot of other golf courses. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that was just kind of just a, just kind of a dumb stretch of golf because he played pretty well for the most part for the tournament. But, you know, that that's just something that you can't do with a lead there is, is after you hit that shot, you got to take your medicine, take four, um, you know, you, then you're still, you're tied for the lead at that point and you still have a chance. But what was interesting though, is, is everybody, you know, you know, Spieth kind of posted early because he was what six, seven groups in front of the, the leaders there. And, they all had their chances. I mean, I mean, 15, uh, the par five was reachable. None of them could, uh, uh, none of them end up birdieing in the last couple of groups there to, uh, you know, to take the lead there. And, you know, it, it wasn't that windy. So it was just one of those things that, uh, um, I, I I'm kind of shocked by it all that, that we didn't see. Cause usually, uh, Phil, I talk to you about it and I say, you know, what number is going to win? What's a playoff? What's a, what's a win. And I thought 14 was a playoff. 15 was, was going to win it outright. And it didn't seem to be the case there because they just, you know, it just, nobody really took charge, made putts and, and, and hit great shots down the stretch. Like you were, you know, like we were expecting that Sunday morning. Yeah. And to echo you know, what, any thoughts? Yeah. To echo what Johnny said, uh, I, I was troubled with Lowry as well. I think we, we should be talking about a two-time winner on tour this year. Should have won a Honda should have won this tournament Honda. You could argue he got that stolen from him a little bit more than this week where he really didn't play that well on the back nine. We saw some questionable swings on 12 and 13. He really made some nice scrambling pars, but the bottom fell out on 14. Um, he's played such good golf this year and he played great last week at the masters. And, and it feels like this should, uh, end with a win, but sometimes that doesn't happen. Uh, you see guys get on these heaters we talk about, but uh, it, it would be disappointing to see him not win. I know Johnny had him uh, uh, in his best bets last week, and he did bet him, and I know he was disappointed with that. Um, yeah, we did mention Cooch last week, Zach. Uh, we did. I mean, he deserved some rec- recognition based on his record here, and uh, 
I got I gotta give it to you. He's had a what a T two at Valero and now a T three at, at RBC. So Kucher's he he's showing out. Um, and uh, actually, you'll be you'll be proud to know that I I argued he should have been the President's Cup captain this year over uh, Davis Love the third. I said that this week in a text to Johnny. So if we need to quote it. We'll post the text. Um, because I just don't get why DL3 is is doing this. I, he's been a two-time Ryder Cup captain. Why not give this job to Stuart Sink or Matt Kuchar, who's never going to be a uh, captain of a Ryder Cup team? But President's Cup is perfect. You're, I mean, you're arguably going to be uh, captaining the best President's Cup team in history at an extreme home field advantage this year at Quail Hollow. I don't understand why Sink and Kuchar got passed over. That's just a bit of a tangent. Um, what else this week? Um, I did not bet Justin Thomas. I've quit Justin Thomas uh, for the foreseeable future. And you know what? It felt good. I didn't. I didn't worry about him all week. And uh, he posted like a T thirty three. I don't. I think we have to start kind of you know signaling out the alarms on him. Like what's what's going on? What's I mean? This guy should should be. He should have won by now this year. Uh, you know, with with bones on the bag. Um, that's really all my takeaways is what do you guys think of speed for um, St. Andrews? I think that, what was it? The was the last time it was at St. Andrews in 2015. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was the year that he was trying to win four in a row or had gotten close. It would, been, it would and, have been the third leg of the grand slam. Yeah. 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 So if I remember correctly, he still had a chance going into 17 and 18 and, I mean, it's another, it's not a course that you need to, you can overpower it, obviously, but it still gives uh, possibilities for the guys that don't hit it as far. So, uh, I mean, yeah, if he, if he hits the ball as well as he did last week and then gets his putting back together, I think he can win any tournament, but uh, there are guys that I would put ahead of him in that situation, but I don't hate him. Johnny? Love speech for this event. Um, I think he is your, your perfect American player, British Open auto bet guy. Um, I, he really finishes outside the top 15. I mean, I don't know. I don't have his record up to or where I could bring it up or anything, but I mean, he seems to be always in contention here. And, you know, this is a, this is a good setup for him, St. Andrews, where he can, he could get kind of wild and get kind of crazy out there. And, and that's fine. I mean, he's, he's, uh, you know, there's certain golf courses I think out there where, you know, would, would not really favor his driving, but I mean, give me Jordan Spieth. And if you, if you like playing future bets, I think he's definitely got to be on ticket and, you know, he's probably lost a little bit of value with the win this week, but monitor his number and, and I'm going to have him on my card. Yeah. I think, um, Oh, sorry. Last, last piece on this. I I don't, I don't like speeds for the U S open. Um, at Brookline. I don't like him for the PGA at Southern Hills, but I, I do think he's got a legitimate chance at St. Andrews. Of course, he's played well at, he's played well at the Open, obviously won uh, in 2017. He finished runner-up last year at the Open. I feel like the Open fits his um, his creative ability, um, you know, more than like a PGA or US Open now where it's more bomb and gouge. You got to have length. It's just turned into a, a Rom, Brooks Kepka, DJ type event. The, the the U.S. Open and PGA, but the Masters and uh, the Open, I think for Spieth going forward are are just going to be really, you know, good bets. Um, uh, you know, obviously he missed the cut of the, the Masters last week, but I, I really think he's got a legitimate chance. And I did see him at twenty five to one. Um, 
on points bet yesterday, but that was before he actually won. So I'm sure that's down to under 20 to one uh, for, for the open, but yeah, I think speed's definitely got value. I'm with Johnny on that one. That kind of uh, morphs into our next category perfectly. This came to form because I had listened to a podcast that I was not on and Mark Finnecke was on and it made mention that I had said that Colin Morikawa was going to win 10 majors. So uh, we've had some discussions on this topic along with other people, and I would like to just go over what I think over-unders would be on various players. So let's start out with Morikawa, who's 25 with two majors. I have an over-under of 5.5. Johnny? Ooh, that's a, that's a good number there. I, I'm going to go over on that. I thought that it was this was going to be something like eight or nine that you that was going to be set. <laughs> I, I'm I'm thinking he'll he'll probably be six to seven is what I would predict. So I, I'd actually bet that over five and a half. Phil. Oh wow. Six major championships. Do we know do we know the number of guys that have won six major championships in, in golf? I'm gonna have to pull this up while we're talking. Um, it's under twenty. Actually there's oh, yeah. only there's only eleven guys that have won seven or more. Um uh, 14 guys have won six or more. I hate mm, that. That's a, that's a great number. Um, I'm going to go under because I've, 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 I've referenced this a couple times and we've seen this again with Rory and we've seen this again with Spieth. And now we're seeing it with Brooks guys get on these little heaters. They win a bunch in a couple of years. And then for whatever reason, it tapers off. I have a theory that the younger guys come out and they win them, they win them. And then something happens and it's just, for whatever reason, that those, those losses scar you in a way where it makes it tougher to win going forward. Uh, you know, we we know what happened to speed the 2016 Masters, and 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 Zach. I know we said we weren't going to go too long on one player, so I'll wrap it up quickly. Um, <laughs> this one, this one's a tough one though. Speed hasn't been the same. He did win the 2017 Open, but I think we've seen how hard it is now to kind of get back to where he was during that time frame where he should have won three Masters, probably right. And he's only got one, so I'm going to go under a Morikawa. I I think he probably ends up with five. Um, it's really hard to project at age 25 when he's got 15 good years left, though. All right, so let's go into your your age issue here, and let's take a 32 year old Rory who has four majors over under 5.5. I'm going to go over on Rory, and I, two weeks ago I probably would have said something different. Um, I, I think I've said at some point, Rory's never going to win another major, but I, I said this last week in the pod with Johnny that I saw something last uh, or at the Masters that I feel like Rory unlocked in himself. I feel like he started to believe in who he was as a player and who he is as a player is good enough to win a bunch more majors. So I think he probably ends up at six. I think he's a historically gen- a great player, generational player. I think he probably ends up six where Mickelson's at. Johnny? Yeah, I, I originally was thinking under that, but I, I, I got to agree. I mean, you look at some of the players who have won six and, you know, I think he's a little bit better. And I know the fields and the, and the overall talent's just better than it was a little bit ago. But yeah, I, I think he's going to somehow get to six and, and that feels like a good number for him. I would go over as well. Uh, 27-year-old John Rahm, one major, over under 3.5, Johnny. Ooh, over under 
three and a half. I'll go under just because we can't keep giving out majors here. I mean, talent-wise, <laughs> you look at it, but you know, you just look at his, you just look at his his volatility. Um, sometimes his putting right now is, and, and he he won't admit it is so bad right now. It, it's it's so bad. His his stroke is is just there's so many flaws to it right now, and um, you know, if if this is gonna be you know, this is going to be bad putting John Rahm and, and hopefully we don't see this for much longer. Um, I, I would put the, put it just on the under. Well, hammer the under on John Rahm. Um, there's something missing there, um, uh, to me. And I know he just won the U S open. Um, I, I, I think, I think he's not, I don't want to say he peaked last fall, but I, I don't know if we'll see that version of him again. It's really hard to play and sustain that type of golf long-term. We've seen it with a number of guys that have reached that level, Rory, DJ, Spieth, JT. It, it just comes and goes. I, you know, two to three seems like a reasonable number where, where I think he'll end up. I agree. I would I would take the under on him. Uh, Wait, uh, Zach, year old- Zach, where did you, where did you land in Morikawa? Over. For sure. Okay. Over five and a half. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, over on Rory as well. Under on Rob. Uh, 31-year-old Brooks Kepka, four majors, 5.5. Uh, I'm, 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 going, I'm going under. Uh, I, if you went – you could probably – if you put it at four and a half for me, I would probably play the under as well on that. I, I think he's he, – Okay. He's just kind of done with, his, with, with the major championships. I, I think he's kind of run his course – and played great golf up until that point, but it's just it's just too much in his head now. I hear you. Uh, agree, hundred percent with what Johnny said. I, I would take it at four and a half as well. I just I, I think it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to see at this point, and the, and the more time goes along, it's even harder. So I'm with I'm with you guys there. Under. I think I take the under at five and a half. The over at four and a half. Um, let's go with Jordan Speed, twenty eight years old, three four and a half. <laughs> I'm going to take the over. I, 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 I don't know if I would, I'd lay money on that though. I, I mean, he's just, he's, he's all over the place. And, and, you know, I think he's going to be one where if he can get rid of the, the, the Augusta scars, which that may, may or may not ever happen. It's going to be like what tiger kind of is right now. Tiger's basically, he, he can see himself winning at Augusta and winning the Open Championship, and that's it. He can't compete at the PGA, can't compete at the USO. But I think that's one of those things that at least Jordan's got that, is that you're always going to see him in contention. Um, I don't – over because we've got to pick it, but that's a stay away. Don't even touch that, you know, if it's if, if I'm really putting, uh, putting money that matters to me on it. I think um... – I think five feels right, but yeah, I don't feel great about it. I, I do feel like he's got to win another Masters. He just plays that golf course so well, and the fact that he only won one between 2014 and 2018 when he could have won three um, is kind of astounding. It feels like he's won more than one. Um, and, and I just go back to what I said earlier. I think I think the Masters in the Open, he could he could win one of those up until the age of 40, 45. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't love him at the other two. I don't I don't think I don't think he'll ever win the Grand Slam, but I could see him get into five based on uh, the Masters and the Open. 
I would take the over on that. Uh, let's go 28-year-old Justin Thomas, one major, 3.5. This one was hard for me because, you know, I've always been a Justin Thomas lover, just like you, Phil, and I would have hammered the over. This one was difficult for me. I wrote down like four different numbers on this, so 3.5. Oh man, that's a good one. It's it's a really good one. It's it's disappointing that we can't set it higher than that. I think that's a perfect number. And uh, I I mean, last week Johnny and I we did a full JT. What uh, what the fuck? Uh, I I I mean, again, I go back to how you can and Zach. I don't know if you saw what JT said. How you can say after your first round of the Masters when you shot seventy six that you you got there and you just. And you just kind of just weren't feeling it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. get that. I don't get that. I made the comparison. Like when we play in the city championship, we're so amped up for the Fort Wayne city championship. And to mm-hmm. not feel that way for the masters really bothered me. And I, I thought, mm-hmm. I thought JT was wired like tiger, like, and I, maybe he's not, mm-hmm. that's okay. But now knowing that, I think I have to go under, I think, I think probably two or three, but his major record is abysmal. It's abysmal. Mm-hmm. Wow! Wow! I, I, I can't blame you. I'm, I'm. It, this one's gonna go over. Um, it, we're gonna write this guy off. He's gonna figure it out. He's just he, he. At some point, is too good. Right now, in his playing prime, when he should be winning, one a year almost. You know, it's just not happening. He's not winning, winning many events. But I, I think this is a process that he's reached a certain level of tournament play, and he's got to. He's he's got to get that 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 grit and grind that Tiger always had when you know when he didn't have his best you know best stuff in a major that I, I I'm banking on the fact that he's gonna he, he's gonna figure that out at some point he's still got into his 30s where he's gonna end up being a pretty high level player you know his you know he's he, he's not big but he doesn't have to be but he hits it. You know, he's got every shot. It's it's gonna happen. It's just we're just gonna have to wait longer. We thought this was gonna be eight, nine, ten majors. I I, I think it's gonna end up being four. I think I take the over on this, but I don't think it's much more than four if it's anything. Uh we got two more. Uh 25 year old Scotty Shuffler, one I put four point five. Mm. I'm taking the under. Yeah, I I, I think <laughs> I think you could set this at two and a half and take the under. I, if, if he wins, if he wins one more, um, which I don't even know if he's ever going to lose again, but I, I'm kind of banking on the fact that he will lose a tournament at some point. But you know, this is as good as he's ever going to play, and his good is obviously better than anybody's currently right now. So, mm-hmm. so there's that. But you know, as the number one ranking, as a top player, as a former. Um, you know, guy who's won, you know, won a major now. I, I just, I think it's going to be maybe one more major at some point in his career. But uh, I think we're we're kind of seeing peak Scheffler. Um, I, I hope he can win more than that because I think he's a pretty likable guy and everything. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I don't see it. I'm on board with that. I think maybe one more at some point, like a PGA when he's you know, two, three years down the road, but I don't know, maybe he just keeps this thing going. You know, what's so impressive is, is, is we talked about last week that Scheffler just seems to figure out how to get the ball in the hole. And, and it sounds really um, corny kind of, 
but it's it's what JT isn't doing and hasn't done in majors, and Scheffler just continues to do. I got one more JT stat. Sorry, can I go back to this? Yeah, absolutely. 25 major starts as a professional. Can you guys guess how many top tens he has in majors? You said how many how many major starts? 25 major starts as a pro. Uh three. Okay, you really you really I would say five. <laughs> you really lowballed it, Johnny. It's six, but that's that's a really shocking number. I yeah, think. that's for him it I mean, is, yeah. It's way too low for a guy of that that talent level, but yeah, I, I'm under on Scheffler as well. I, I think this is a really fun ride, but I, I, I don't, I don't know if he'll ever play this well again as a pro, or, or at least have the results, uh, you know, look like this. Okay, and I left the last one. Uh, this is for Phil. Um, both of you can answer, but specifically for Phil, Xander Shoffley, twenty-eight <laughs> zero majors, point five. <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's a good one. Oh, that is a good that's one. a really good one. Johnny, go ahead. Under, <laughs> under, 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 under. <laughs> I just under. I, I think he just has that attitude that is good in a lot of ways, but not you. In a major, I mean, you 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 can't be super super aggressive, but you got to have that kind of want to just tear somebody's throat a type of you know that type of mentality that you just want to dominate and just I, i've never seen that from him i just don't think he's wired that way so sadly i mean i wouldn't be surprised if he does win one but if if my money's on something i'm gonna i'm gonna go conservative and go under i'm gonna, I'm gonna shock you and i'm gonna say over um i, I think the law of averages for him uh you say it's 28, is that right? Uh, 28, yeah. Okay. I mean, he, he's going to be pretty much in every major, we would think, for the next 10 years. And uh, as Johnny referenced earlier, these stars that we just talked about, they can't win them all. I mean, we can't have Rory at seven, Colin Morikawa at seven, and, and George Spieth at seven. So th- there's going to be guys that come up and win one. I would give him one. I think at some point he'll win one. I got a better question. Who wins one first, Xander, Cantley, or Will Zalatoris? Cantley. Ooh, hoo, 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 hoo. I get and crazy. I have a line on him too, but I didn't say his name. <laughs> I got I got Willie Z. Just hits it too well, and and I, I don't know. I think he can. I think he can. I'm just gonna say he can figure out the putting. I think Cantley's. Cantley's got the most complete game, and, and he's he's the guy that I would trust to make the putts in a major. But uh, Johnny and I, and I'm, I'm interested in your take, Zach. Last week we talked about if we could put a 10-year bet on Zalatoris to win a Masters, we would do it. I, I mean, it just feels like he's made for that golf course. Hey, it's the ball very high. Um, he hits it straight. Um, You're not as high on it. I can sense it. I would pick no, but I mean, I, they're just, wow. I'm not as high on Zalatoris as what you guys are. So I think there's some players that I'm obviously you guys are not as high on Morikawa as what I am. So uh, Zalatoris is, is a guy that, that I like. I like his personality. I like him as a player. I, I just, the putting bothers me. And personally, I have the same issue. So I have no room to talk, but, um, but, I just think that there are guys that when it comes down to it, they're going to beat him by one or two shots at a time. And 
that's why I would, if, if I had to put money on a 10-year bet, I would say no. Okay. You got guys like Speed. You got guys like JT that are good at that golf course. And I know we're talking trash about JT, but he's good at that golf course. I do think a, a eventually Rory's going to win a Masters there. Um, so you're talking about three right there that I have to eliminate him from. I just think there's people that are better there than what he is. He's very good there, but. <laughs> Zach hates Will Zalatoris. Cool. <laughs> don't, don't hate him. I, I seem to have a, a much more, and I don't want to call it a dislike, but, but for Scotty Scheffler, I just don't ever want to pick him. I don't. And I like him. I like him. The whole personality that he has, but if we look back on the times, I don't think I've ever put his name down as like one of my top top picks. You, we've always talked about him, and I've always said that he's going to break through at some point. But as a top top pick, I don't think I've ever put him down. Um, I did. I did at Phoenix, and then you guys criticized me for doing it. I just want to go back to that. I I understand. I'm wrong a lot. <laughs> can, can I put one more on, out there? Does Does Absolutely. DJ? DJ at two and a half. I put him at three and a half and then scratched him out because I couldn't pick 13 names. Just this is a bonus. He has uh, two. Does he, yeah, does he win if one? You, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Mm. I would put absolutely. I, oh, man. I, I think he wins at Augusta again. Mm -hmm. I think he's, he's got one more maybe in the next five years. Yeah, he's a I British have, Open guy too. Hmm. See, I was going to say U.S. Open. I still feel like he's a U.S. Open guy. Um, I, and I haven't looked completely at the, the next five years of U.S. Opens, but he is thirty-eight, right? Um, uh, thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. I mean, he's getting up there. Yes, I, I and I just I didn't I don't I didn't love what I saw from him at the Masters when he got into contention. Um, it just seems like his ball striking is, is just not as trustworthy, and he he. He can't make a putt right now either. But yeah, the, the, these things are volatile. We know how good he is, so you could be right, and I hope you're right because I think I think again, I, I'm I'm really big on this. This guy's a 25 time tour winner. I mean, he should have three or four, and I hope he I hope he gets there. Agreed. Uh, all right, moving on to the Tiger and Phil discussion, and, and more so, I just kind of want your guys' opinions on you know, your your level of excitement for Tiger versus Phil announcing that he wants to play in the US Open. And then, you know, if you, I remember a time period where it was cool to hate Tiger and, and cool to love Phil. And now is that changed and has Phil just irreparably ruined his image where now all those people that thought that he was this great guy finally saw him say something that didn't quite meet up with their feelings and now they're going to bail on him. So Johnny, how do you feel about that? Well, first, I think them putting in their applications was just due diligence. I mean, they they, they got to register for the event, um, you know, pending the uh, you know USGA USGA accepting the application. So they're doing this. This is just the standard paperwork. So whether they do play in the events or not is obviously still um, still up for debate. You know, from whether they want to play in it or not. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to play play in them. I mean, I don't know. I'm still convinced that we're going to see uh, Phil Mickelson in London in in June at that first uh, the 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 live live event. I I think that's where he's going. I think that's just that's it. And whether you know they're going to allow him the you know the US, USGA and the RNA and everything is going to allow him to play in the other events. I don't know, but. Um, 
I think that's where we're going to see him pop up. And then whether he's allowed to play in the U.S. Open, if he is, I think he plays in it. Um, you know, after that, as far as Tiger, I, I'm I'm going to predict he's not going to play it. But it really depends on if he plays at Southern Hills because I, if if he thinks, I'd be shocked if he thinks he could win at U.S. Open right now. Um, he might still kind of think he can, you know, maybe in a year or two, but you know, there's talks. I saw a couple tweets today that he was telling Jack Nicklaus, I'm going to hurt this year. I'm going to hurt next year. I'm going to hurt the year after. So why not just suck it up and everything? And, and uh, um, you know, he hit the ball, he, he's swinging it well and hit far enough. And I think if he got the reps, but the problem is, is if he's gonna, only going to play in PGA and then, you know, potentially the U S open, you know, just the major championships, he may not end up doing it, but it is exciting to see that they both are in it. They're both, you know, considering it. I hope they do. I mean, I, I, I kind of love Mickelson in the U.S. Open just because of how much he hates the event. I think the event kind of hates him, you know, with, yeah. with all the, the, the stuff that's going on in the last like 25 years there. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I, I'm optimistic, but we could easily not see either one of them. And I think right at this point, it's just, it's kind of too early to tell to see what's uh, what's that. We got to look at what's going to go on here with the, uh, with the PGA championship first. Yeah. What, what's, what's, uh, what's the betting odds? Uh, PGA US open or, or live golf event. What's the favorite? It's like PGA minus one fifty. live golf, Plus one hundred. I I don't know. Isn't it funny? We, the, we the next time we might see Mickelson at the would be at the Live Golf event, locked arm in arm with Greg Norman, Kevin Na, and Jason Kokrak. I mean, is that what we're going to be seeing at, at like an introductory press conference, uh, wherever the hell that first event is? Is is, is it in? It's where, in London. Where, in London. It's in that's, London. Right. that's right. I, I I I mean, this this thing is so funny to me. Um, it gets weirder and weirder, and and. Um, Greg Norman is just like, he's such a cartoon character <laughs> at this point. I just, I love it. I love when more details come out because it just feels like now there's going to be a bunch of corn fairy guys and they're going to make a, a shit ton of money off of one event. I mean, it's going to be, it's, I can't wait to see the insanity of it, but um, I want to go back to Mickelson. Zach, you mentioned about him kind of obviously going through this, this tough stage and, and just, kind of being unlikable and can he get back? I think, yes, he's just got to shut his mouth and stop saying dumb shit. I mean, this isn't, this is not, this is like PR 101, right? Like how do you fix a wrong? Well, you don't come out and make an apology. That's actually apologizing to the Saudis. I mean, you just say, or, or mask it as I'm trying to grow the game. If I have to hear another PGA tour pro talk about growing the game, I'm going to lose my mind. I mean, this is, it's such a, um, it's such a nothing statement. I've heard I've heard Morikawa say it. I've heard other young guys say it. And when when this was more exploratory, this the Saudi Gulf. I mean, it's just it, it just feels gross when they say it, and it, it's not believable. But I think Mickelson can 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 fix his reputation for sure. He just has to get back. Uh, or when he's in when he's in the public forum, it, it just just acts just act like you, you are sorry instead of sorry for being caught. And um, so we'll see if he can actually do that. As far as Tiger goes, I said it last week. It, I, 
you know, and I said it before we went live, Zach, that I, if this is the version we're going to get, like we saw Sunday, Saturday at Augusta, then I, I just don't know if I'm in for it. Tiger may making me look stupid at St. Andrews when he finishes like T4 and he's in contention. Um, that wouldn't shock me either. I, I'm, I, you know, and Johnny, good to go back to what you said. This could be just a um, checkbox that he's making sure he gets his entry in. So, you know, if he wants to play, he can. But we also said that about Augusta like three weeks before. We're like, oh, his name's still on the entry list. And we're like, no, no way, no way. Um, so who knows? In his mind, maybe he's he's taking a couple weeks off post-Augusta and then he's going to start building for Southern Hills PGA and then uh, Brookline. Um, yeah, I'm fascinated to see how it all goes with both those guys, though. To kind of expand on the Mickelson thing, something I've been thinking about, I know that, that the Masters came out and said that they didn't uninvite him, but do we really believe that Mickelson voluntarily missed the Masters? I mean, do you guys really think that, that there wasn't somebody behind him saying either it's better in your interest to look contrite and not go, or, or did somebody tell him, Hey, if you don't go here, don't create a scene. Maybe we will look better upon you. I just can't see him voluntarily missing it just to feel better about himself. Yeah. Do we think the the Riddler, uh, Fred Ridley, had some conversation with with Mickelson? You know, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it because Tiger came back in 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 2010 to a, a huge scandal. Right. I mean, was what Mickelson didn't worse? I, I don't, I don't know. Um, mm. So I, I don't know if they would have said, don't come back. I'm not sure. Johnny. I, I don't, you know, it's hard to tell what Phil Mickelson does and why he does it. I think obviously we've probably all read rumors and, and articles and whatever. I, I think he's extraordinarily, you just, he's really hard to, He's just hard to tell what he what he's thinking, what he's doing. I don't know if he's fake. I don't know whatever. I have a hard time oh, yeah. believing that Augusta told him not to show up. I think this is his people, his agent, his lawyers, or whatever. Um, they have basically said you need to you need to kind of disappear here. And I think out of respect, um, you know, for the Masters, instead of it being a total shit show, um, because I think this is going to. I'm I'm sure this type of I guess scandal or this uh, type of you know whatever news news is is different and possibly I guess worse would be more of a media circus than what Tiger had to deal with, even though it really wasn't. Um, I I just think that it, it's just his people saying no, we got to we have to disappear. They'll the people will love him soon. It's just he's got to come back after that apology. That, that bullshit apology. And I just think he said, you know, we'll skip the masters. Who knows if we'll see him at the PGA. And, and I think this is his doing, but I mean, it's, it's just really hard to tell. Cause to me, it, it, this isn't that big of a deal. I mean, yeah, he made just some God awful comments, but it's not like they were super, super offensive. I mean, sort of the things where you just have a, you have a press conference, you know, you let every, Every reporter asks you questions. You get grilled for an hour, and you know America forgives really, really quickly. And, and it, this is, seems to be, you know, this this uh, damage control seems to be way more than I think, but it should be. I agree. I think that he's been vilified a little bit more than than what he should for simply what was his opinion, and and yeah, uh, but 
moving on, um, I think that we're going to talk about, you know, kind of a fun topic here that I've actually never discussed with anybody, which is worst tournaments on the PGA Tour schedule. And uh, I will just go last on this. Is Do we have any volunteers to go first? I think we're going to have a, a bit of a disagreement on a particular event. So I'll let you two fight that out. Johnny, would you like to go first as the uh, devil on Zurich's shoulder? So, so this is just like worst events. Don't want to. That we just basically, we just don't, basically don't like. no interest whatsoever. Uh, okay. Events that do not tickle your fancy whatsoever. Okay. Um, I mean, there's there's a couple of them, and you know, this is what it, we're eventually going to lead into. It is this week's tournament, the, the Zurich Classic here, which has never really had that great of a field. It's just always been kind of a forgettable event. Um, I personally am not a fan of it. I don't like the team golf format. Um, I, I don't really want to see guys play a best ball and, and an alternate shot. You know, I do. I, I love it. The Ryder cup. I, I, I love it in the president's cup. It just, it doesn't like excite me at all. And, and maybe just cause I haven't really watched that much, but I, I got to thinking about it cause we were, we were talking about it, you know, uh, you and I fell here not long ago and I think it's more so I, I get, I kind of judge an event. Yes. The field, but also the golf course, if the golf course is, is not memorable for me, I just, I, I don't really care to watch the event. Uh, and, and this one here is it's actually got a decent field in it. So, so maybe I'm going to change my mind and, and everything, but I, like last year, I didn't, I didn't bet it really much at all. I don't like the golf course, even though it's a Pete Dye golf course, but it just is very, you know, non-memorable. So it's like this one here. And then, um, the Byron Nelson classic is the other one. I just, they I had it on my list. I, I, I know you, I know you did. They had it at that. What, what was the one golf course that was, oh, God. uh, that they had it on their Tony Romo's home course. You know, the, that, that the Aaron, course was the just, Aaron Wise Classic. Yeah. The Aaron Wise Classic. Yeah. That one was kind of garbage there. Most of the events, though, I do, I do like because, you know, I like watching PJ Tour golf. I like watching a lot of the golf courses that they play. Um, you know, but those, those two just kind of stick out at me. I, okay. So I don't, I, I get the, the, the hate for the Zurich as far as the golf course not being memorable. It feels like, it feels like um, there's no memorable holes. There's, it, it feels like there's, I, I'm kind of big. Like there's feels like there's nobody out there when I watch the Zurich, like there's no crowd out there. It's kind of weird. You would think for a team event, like it's different. The crowd would be more into it, like a Phoenix type of um, atmosphere. Like if you're going to go all in on making this different, make it fun and, and get the crowd into it. You know, I don't know. Um, but I do, I do like that it's different. It's not a stroke play event. That's you're pretty much what we see every week out here. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we saw the match play. Um, so I like this. Um, when you said that you don't like the team golf approach, I almost, I almost had a stroke in my basement here because you love the Ryder Cup, you love the President's Cup, but you're not into a team event for stroke play. I don't. I, I'm having a hard time understanding that. Um, I'm with you though on on Byron Nelson. It's in my top three worst. Uh, Craig Ranch. It's um, it's it's a really tough watch. The Valero from uh, a couple weeks ago. I I trashed that. 
I, that's also in, in my top three. I don't hate Texas, but I hate both of those events in Texas. Um, I'm also going to put the 3M Open um, up here as well. And um, it's just not a great event. It's a really, really bad field. I won money on Cameron Champ last summer him winning that tournament. But other than that, it's, it's a hard watch. Uh, I don't like the golf course. Um, Johnny, I, I almost put the rocket mortgage in, but for your love of Detroit, I left it off. Um, I appreciate that. I thought you were going to say that we were going <laughs> to, I was going to leave, but I'm staying on the podcast. And- but there's some bad ones and I'm not <laughs> counting the opposite field events, like the opposite field of like a major or a WGC, because mm-hmm. I, I just don't think that's a, that's a fair comparison, but, uh, um, those would be my three. I'm, I don't hate the Zurich like the both of you do. I, re- like I said before, I respect your hatred. Um, but I just don't, I don't see totally eye to eye because I appreciate a little bit, a little bit of a different, uh, vibe this week. I can't say that I hate this year, Zurich. It's just that, you know, as Johnny said, normally it doesn't have the greatest fields. Now, I looked through the field this week and it has some big names. So it, it could be more fun to watch. Uh, I'll probably give it a watch and see. I do like the the first and third being best ball and the second and fourth being alternate shot. I think that alternate shot tends to bring the people playing best and the, the best team to the top. Um, for me, and although I like the wraparound schedule, basically everything after the tour championship to the tournament of champions is is not all that interesting to me. I think we had discussed that last year in the pod that I kind of look at that as an opportunity for the guys that may not get points, you know, later on in the year to get kind of a bump start to maybe make the FedEx Cup. So plus football's on and and I think that our our kind of minds focus to football especially last year after we had, you know, the four playoff events and then the Ryder Cup directly afterwards. You know, I think that there was a little bit of greatness in golf. They kind of wore us out in me for sure to where I was kind of just more interested for at least a couple of months just to not really pay attention to golf all that much other than, you know, for the podcast and um, <laughs> kind of pay attention for football. So um, we tore it up yeah, though, I, in the fall. Betting well, though, so. Uh, we did. I mean, I, I can't say that we, that we uh, we didn't pay attention and we didn't do well, but it, they aren't events that that necessarily excite me. Say like the beginning of the year or the Florida Swing or you know, obviously all the majors. Um, to expand on that, uh, what what do you think, guys? Think maybe some possible formats for events. What would be different for the Zurich <laughs> or? Uh, format wise or a, a different event or a new event altogether that you think would be interesting on the tour. Okay. So I got a couple ideas on this one um, and I'll be interested to hear what Johnny has to say, but um, I, I think a crossover event with the LPGA tour would be really interesting, whether it's a uh, pairing an LPGA tour player with a PGA tour player um, I believe there was even uh, a Euro tour event where they had uh, uh, women and men, women and men in the same event. Um, some version of that. I'd be, I'd be cool with just, with just like a Zurich type format with just LPGA and PGA, just something like that. Or even like a corn Ferry tour player and a PGA tour player, just something way different. Uh, we've seen the Euro tour go really deep into some weird stuff and I kind of appreciate it. They had that, that sixes event where they play six whole matches and, um, eliminate eliminate guys and and 
it was sort of an elimination style tournament, um, stuff like that. I also think you could take this week, like the Zurich classic, I think maybe making it match play would be interesting, like a match play tournament. So kind of a combination of like WGC match play with the team event. And you have a, it's more of a Ryder cup format one-on-one team, team versus team and, and doing a match play tournament would be kind of interesting as well. Johnny. I like that. That's a good idea there. I think what they need to do, I just kind of bashed team golf, but you said. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I didn't kind of, I did. Yes, you're right. But I think, <laughs> no, I think they could expand on it and just make it for, make it more interesting. I think Zurich should be an, a PGA and LPGA combination where they should have, uh, they should have a, a male player and a female player on each team. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that, but what I would love to see for a team event and would would totally get me uh, watching this is to do for the for the four rounds is to do uh, a best ball, a worst ball, an alternate shot, and then a worst shot scramble. To see how good these guys really are. Is so so like I was thinking. I was, I was like, you know, what? you'd have a you'd have an official. You know, rules rules of golf guy. He would be he or she would be um, randomly assigned to a to a to a group to so to two twosomes, and that person would choose which shot that uh, that they'd end up playing in the scramble. So you would really really see how how that would work. Um, Tiger's actually Tiger Woods is actually really famous uh, when he was at Isleworth for playing those worst balls. When you shoot like a worst ball 60, mm-hmm. he does that medalist sometimes where he plays two balls around there uh, and he takes the worst one. And I think that would be pretty cool there, but also give me, give me your worst ball, worst score, you know, team format like that. It, it's, it's okay, but we see these guys shoot unbelievably good scores, which is, which is fun to watch a lot of the time. But I mean, this would kind of, you know, it, it kind of make it a little bit more, of a of a play the hole out because you know if a guy's in the water or something like that he's gonna have to he's gonna have to carry that team for that hole there and and I think uh, I think something just to show a little bit of uh, you know where they they got a little bit of um, you know issues you know in a, in a round there rather than it's just you know if you just jump on a guy's back in a best ball match and he goes out and shoots sixty two I mean you really don't have to contribute that much so I. I, I think something like that, and I, I, I would absolutely love to see something with, with the LPGA players to team up as well. I think that would be just that would be fantastic. Um, you know, give them the opportunity to to play in a PGA Tour event and and to see how well they actually play side by side with uh with the you know with the PGA Tour golfers. I'd really like to see. I think the LPGA thing and uh, the worst ball is a great idea. Uh, I hadn't thought about the worst ball, and I think that's. That's a great idea. Um, really, the only thing that that I can add, and this is a totally off-the-wall idea, and I don't even know how it would work logistically, but like a 100-person WG, WGC steeplechase event mm. where you bracket it into 10, 10-person, 9-hole events, and then you take those 10 winners for a championship 9-hole event, I think that would be interesting. Yeah. I, I think steeplechases, when I've been in them at Riverbend, that's been you know they always have a steeplechase after the cha- the the club championship, and it's just one of the most fun times that you can have. Intense golf, you know, 
if people don't understand what a steeplechase is, it's it's say if you have 10 players for nine holes, a player gets eliminated, the worst score gets eliminated every hole. Uh, if the worst score is a tie, then you have, say, a chip off or a putt off. Um, I think that would be interesting to see. Um, again, I don't ever expect that to happen. I think logistically and time-wise, that may take far too long. But I think it'd, it'd be, be fun. Oh, it would be insanely fun. Imagine those guys we just talked about earlier in the in the major discussion in a steeplechase. I mean, you got yeah. like Scheffler yeah. chipping off with Morikawa to stay alive. I mean, that'd yeah. be insanely fun. Yeah. Right? That would be awesome. I think it'd be cool. <laughs> I think it'd be fun. So, but again, I mean, you gotta you gotta have a hundred people there because you gotta be able to take it down to to the final ten. So logistically, it would probably take four or five days, and then. No, you're, I guess the match play takes close to that long. So, yeah, it does. All right, uh, we can move on to the Zurich Classic, an event that one of the three of us is excited about, and uh, see if we can make a little bit of money off of it. Um, so, last year's winners were Leishman and Smith. Uh, they are sitting at ten to one. Uh, numbers all the way up. To the 20 to 1 numbers would be Hovland and Morikawa at 6.5 to 1, Cantley and Shoffley at 8 to 1, Palmer and Scheffler at 9 to 1, Leishman and Smith at 10 to 1, Burns and Horschel at 12 to 1, Fleetwood and Garcia at 16 to 1. Phil, do you like any of those pairings? Yeah, I like a lot. Yeah, I like I like a lot of them on paper. I, I think this event this event is it's kind of wonky because you get these name pairings and you're like, how in the world would Hovland and Morikawa ever lose to any of these guys as well as they hit the ball? You just can't see it. And then somehow, sometimes it just doesn't translate. Um, I'm sure you guys have had played in partner events, Johnny, I've played in partner events with you. Um, and sometimes maybe the, the chemistry doesn't vibe like you think it's going to, uh, going to happen the way it should. Hovland Morikawa, of course, been amateurs, um, playing together for a long time. They seem like good buddies. Um, great players, two top five, six players right now. It doesn't feel like they'd lose, but I don't, you can't obviously bet them at that number. I don't think you can really bet any of the top four at that number. Um, it, mm-hmm. uh, if I were to pick any one of the group, it, it would be Burns and Horschel. Horschel's got a great history at this golf course, won an individual event before it became a, a team event. And of course, Burns has been one of the, the 10, 15 best players in the world the last year with three wins. Um, so I, w- I would probably start there, but I, I don't think I would actually bet anybody at, at the top uh this week under under 20 to 1 Johnny yeah that that's a good point these these numbers are pretty short here and and you know they're like you said um if one guy goes out in a best ball you know let's say Hovland and Morikawa let's go Morikawa goes out and shoots 71 or 72 in the in the best ball these guys are going to get smoked i mean you're going to have to shoot 60 61 62 to just maintain with the pace there i mean we're going to see probably a couple scores in the 60s if, or in the 50s if the uh if the weather ends up holding there so the golf course tpc of louisiana it's a real long pete die golf course um uh strokes gain off the tee is going to be probably the most important one here um you know you got to be able to hit it pretty long um, the fairways I think are generally pretty wide, but you've got to be able to get it in the fairway there. 
I, I saw that it was a pretty easy second shot golf course. Um, and then the greens aren't too treacherous there. So you know what guys who could good drivers of the golf ball with that being said, you know, yeah, you look at the, uh, those top, the, the, the top numbers here, I don't love them. And, and I would agree the Burns Horschel, I kind of really, really, really like that team. And that number's not bad at, at, uh, at 12 to one there, but I'm going to mostly stay away from these because it doesn't seem like this is going to be one that we're going to see, uh, uh, you know, one of the top teams that's going to end up taking this. Uh, I agree with you guys on that. I think that the numbers are far too short uh, here. Uh, the only team I agree with you guys on Burns and Horsham, but I still think even 12 to one is too short. So for me, if I was to bet anybody in this range, it would be Fleetwood and Garcia, uh, two good ball strikers. Fleetwood's playing better. So uh, at that number, that would be the only one that I would even consider, but I, I agree with you guys. I think everybody is far too short at this number. Uh, moving on from anything above 20 to one to like, hey, hey Zach. About, yeah. Before we go on, can we talk about Ryan Palmer in this event? Absolutely. Oh my God. So can we, can we, can we figure out what is going on here? So when this event went to a team event in 2017, George Spieth was the number one player in the world. Ryan Palmer was his partner, I think for two years. He moves on to John Rahm, who I don't know if he was number one at the time, but he obviously has been number one and they won. And now he's moved on to Scotty Scheffler, current number one. What is going on? What's, I mean, we love Ryan Palmer on this podcast. We've talked about it a lot. Mm -hmm. um, maybe all these other guys love Ryan Palmer for a reason. I have no idea why that would be. That's all. I mean, maybe maybe he's the underground nicest guy on tour, and maybe. they just all love to be around him. I don't know, but that's weird. I, I was saying, I had I never, was saying he's, he's the he's kind of the ugly guy in high school, you know. But he's a nice personality and everything like that. And he just, you know, he secretly just goes in there, asks the hot girl for, to go to prom, and she hasn't had the chance to be asked by anybody else. So yeah, she's like, ah, he's a nice guy. So yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and go to prom with him. I think that, I think okay. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe all the number ones are trying to be the first one to, to win with him. They want that that notch on their bedpost. <laughs> uh, Ryan Palmer, who would know? Man. Sorry. All right. No, you're fine. Uh, moving on. Uh, at 22 to 1, we have Gooch and Homa. Uh, also 22 to 1, Lowry and Poulter. 25 to 1, Varner and Watson. Uh, 25 to one Neiman and Pereira 35 to one Hatton and Willett 35 to one Riley and Zalatoris 40 to one Ann and M anybody in that, uh, field that you guys like Johnny. Yeah, I, I think, uh, there's two that I'm targeting here. Um, I already bet the, uh, um, Davis Riley will Zalatoris team. I think this could be where, you see Zalatoris get his, his first win. You know, he's got the teammate, um, you know, that he's, he can kind of lean on there. And not to say that he was rather he's got any sort of experience or anything like that, but, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of pressure uh, is going to be off him, you know, um, you know, come the weekend there. And we've seen teams like that contend that, uh, that you've had players like that that have had success. And then also I'll go with the, uh, the Yako Neiman, Mito Pereira, um, two guys I've always talked about. I, I like them. Uh, Yako's playing good. Mito had a pretty good event here. What, uh, 
played played well at Harbor Town, I think in the first round or two, something like that. So hit the ball well. Um, two good drivers of the golf ball. They could they could get the ball in the hole. Hoping the same being from the same country, they room together on the road all the time. Um, hoping that a little bit of a good chemistry there. And I, I, I don't mind the number at uh, at uh, twenty five to one there. Phil, agree, disagree. I mean, Johnny picking Neiman and Mito is absolutely the least surprising thing on the podcast since we've started this podcast. I mean, that was yeah. when I saw that team, I'm like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I like, I like Gooch and Homa at 22 to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably a little lower than I think it should be, but I, I like, I like that team. Uh, Giants has about driving, um, driving the ball this week is, is important. I like, both of those guys, I like both those guys as birdie makers. And I want to go back real quick to the format, you know, best ball and alternate shot. If you can shoot two to three under total and alternate shot, um, that's good uh, over over mm-hmm. 36 holes. And as long as you're shooting nine, 10 under in best ball, I, I think you'll be in the mix. Uh, I think Smith and Leishman went at 20 under. So if you just kind of do the math there, um, if you just don't blow up and shoot four over on alternate shot and shoot around even, you're, you're doing good. Um, uh, Echo Johnny on Rylands Alatoris. Love that group. I, I think those guys are buddies. Um, big Corn Ferry guys in 2019, 2020. I like that that group. And low-key, I'm kind of high on on Sanjay and Ben On. Ben On's playing great, great golf on Corn Ferry Tour. He'll be back on tour. Um, he might uh, – I, th- I th- actually, I don't know. He might have earned a promotion. I thought if he finished in the top – did he not yet? Not yet. He was real close because he's got the win and he finished like – third i think this last week so he he's he's gonna make it i think but yeah so i think we might see him a couple more times periodically on on the pga tour schedule this year but i think he's it's always been a really really good ball striker and really struggled with the putter um but these two guys have played on uh the last president's cup team um down in australia i think they're a good pairing i think they're comfortable with each other so i like them at 40 to 1 I like those picks. Um, I need to to know what you – I mean, you guys are always picking Zalatoris. Am I totally blind to him? It's it's every week. You what is there not so like? Talk about, well, I don't – I mean, I, I, I guess I look at him and, and I think I see a guy that I see 20 guys better than at every tournament he plays in. And, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think he's one of the 20 best iron players in the world right now. I mean, he's just, okay. he's a, and he hits it a mile and he hits it even farther this year than he did last year. Um, I just think he's got the tee to green game. That's, that's on par with, with most of these guys on the PGA tour. And uh, um, you know, we saw that what last year, a couple of years ago on corn ferry, how he got the promotion and, um, you know, I just, I, I think he's got that part of it and he's just, he just hit, he just hits it. I mean, on the, on the screws every single time. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, he's, he's played well at some, some tough golf courses that require good iron play. When you said Fair enough. 20, when you said 20 best iron players on tour, did you mean top three? Like, that, I, yeah, I, I, I put him with Morikawa and JT. Yeah, I, 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 I probably should have said ten for sure, but yeah, I, I could, I could put him in probably the top five. You're right. I think he's that good. He's second on tour this this year, uh, strokes gained approach. He's first 
strokes gain tee to green on, on the season. I mean, I just think he's that good of a ball striker. I think he's super, super elite and 170th in putting. And, and that's, that's really it. That's the only thing holding him back. He's average around the green, getting up and down. I, I just think once he figures out these, these five footers, uh, I mean, I think he's going to win a lot. Um, I, I, I'm huge on his upside. I, I think he's got number Oh, I wanted to go big. I was going to say number one in the world potential, but maybe, uh, I mean, top five in the world potential, like ranking wise, for sure. Right. I, you you hate I, him and I respect him. I, I do not hate him. I do not hate him by any means. It's just, he's never, I've, I mean, obviously I enjoyed watching him play at the Masters that year and I enjoy watching him play, but he's just never a guy that has, I don't know. He just hasn't crept into my brain as a guy that I'm, I trust yet. So I, I think maybe I need to start paying attention a little bit more and, and listening I mean, to you guys fair. and maybe that's fair. Um, he, I, mean, he, I mean, again, he had his chance at farmers lost to Luke list. I mean, you, you probably shouldn't lose to Luke list in a playoff there. That's fair enough. I'm glad fair he enough. did though. <laughs> really yeah, glad he did. Um, that helped you. <laughs> For me, at the numbers that we were just discussing, I also pretty much just like on and in. That, that's what I had written down. I like them together. They tend to play well together. Uh, I think this is either definitely second year in a row. I think I've seen them play together, maybe the third. Um, but at that number, that's about about where I look. Uh, moving on to, let's just say, 45 to 1 to 65 to 1, you're looking at McDowell and Powell at 45 to 1, Bradley and Steele 45 to 1, Sig and Straka at 50 to 1, Merritt and Streb at 50 to 1, Laird and McNair at 50 to 1, Kirk and Todd at 50 to 1, Clark and Tringale at 60 to 1, Biz, Biz and Dehut and Schwartzel at 60 to 1, Kazire and Poston at 60 to 1, Hadwin and Svensson at 65 to 1. Gim and Schwab at 65 to 1 and Mitchell and Schnedeker at 65 to 1. That was a lot of people. Phil, a lot anybody of, you like there? Yeah, some tough names in there too. Um, not really. Uh, I, I would probably I'd probably go with my Canadian duo, Hadwin and Svensson. I've been big on Hadwin lately. I think he's been playing great. Johnny and I have talked about Svensson. That's sort of our deep deep guy that we like to talk about that's like a 200 to one guy uh, i think they've both been hitting it great i, I don't think they're going to win the event but plus 500 for a top 10 would be i i think something that you could look at with with those guys but i think that's it in that range i'm targeting i'm targeted team down the board later on that i really like though i'm interested to see who that is johnny who is uh, uh two, two teams i like don't love so i'm not going to bet them to win but uh um the Brendan Stokey, Keegan Bradley team, they finished fourth last year. Uh, I think they've got good chemistry and not what worries me about the, is the form, you know, whether they, uh, I don't think Brendan Steele's been, been really playing that well. Um, at least uh, that I've seen in the past couple months here, but them have them finishing pretty well. You can look at them in top 10 or 20, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, the other one I looked at is the, the Poston Kazire team. Um, Pretty good, uh, pretty good ball striking team there. Uh, JT Poston played well on Sunday uh, at Harbor Town, and Kazire's been been relevant at least, you know, making cuts here recently here. So I think they're pretty good, pretty good buddies too. So again, with the 
I, I do like the, the chemistry there. Again, I don't think I like him as, as a win bet, but uh, we'll we'll probably look at him in some capacity. I'm not sure I really like anybody to win in this range whatsoever. I, I may be talked into like a top 10 bet for plus 350 for Kirk and Todd. Um, Chris Kirk is a guy, unlike Zalatoris, who's for some reason always does pique my interest. I'm not saying he's better than Zalatoris. He's not. Um, aside from that, I mean, like uh, a team of Mitchell and Snedeker could play well, but that would just be a shot in the dark as well. Was it was it Kirk or Todd that you were comparing to Zalatoris? <laughs> well, Kirk. I mean, I wouldn't compare okay. either of them. That's, to Zalatoris. That's, I was. <laughs> I, I was simply saying that that unlike Zalatoris, <laughs> Kirk somehow floats into my head as a person. I bet, even though he's not better than Zalatoris. Okay, just I, my thought were, I thought you were kind of doing like a Brendan Todd comparison with Zalatoris, and I was going to be like, "Oh my god, no. that's so disrespectful." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he may hit. Uh, he may hit fairways better, but not maybe. nowhere close to the golfer. Maybe, yeah. Um, and then I would basically just say from this point down, uh, I'll just ask you guys if there's anybody that you like. I know Phil, you had talked about having a team that you were uh, yeah. that you were targeting, and I'm interested to find out who that is. Yeah, this is an autoplay for me every year at this event. I think Johnny, if he thinks about it hard enough, knows probably who, where I'm going. But ain't no hobby, and Mr. Scott Brown. Uh, they just they just do it every year at this tournament. It's a it's they're they're Great guys, uh, great guys, <laughs> great guys in their own right. Great buddies is what I was meaning to say. And they've been playing together since this event started in 2017. Kisner had the memorable hole out in, in 17 yes. the first year, which is probably still the hallmark moment of the event. Um, they didn't even win. But, um, yeah, they, I, I just like their game together. They're neither are long, but they get the ball in the fairway and they make putts in this, this tournament. So 100 to 1, I am going to just auto bet them to win and uh, see if they can finally get over the hump. Yeah, I think you could bet those guys in multiple, you know, bet them to win, bet them top 10, bet them top 20. I mean, 100 to 1 on, on, on that. Um, I think this is kind of a big deal for Kevin Kisner. I mean, he plays – Yeah, they say he plays the match play format well. I think he's just a good best ball, good alternate shot player. I think, I think that's where he excels, and it just so happens that the only – uh, um, events in that are match play that have that type of format there. And when he, and he said it, when he, when he gets on a golf course that he feels good about, I mean, look out. I mean, he's not built for, for a lot of these golf courses, um, you know, because of his length, but if he sees one that he likes, um, he, he's good. And I think this is, this is a pretty good, uh, um, you know, barometer, or a, a showcase, for you know a president's cup captain or a Ryder cup captain um Ooh. to show that uh you know he's he's really good in this format because you know you you've got to be good in best ball you got to be good in, in alternate shot both ways to have that versatility and this is why i think he could be on a team not because he's a good match player because he plays austin country club well it's it's something like this is that he uh when he's comfortable with the pairing he he, he has that, I mean, he plays, it seems like he plays the hit and giggle for money and plays it so well. Um, so I'm going to bet him, uh, I'm going to bet that team. I really, really like that. And I'm expecting some big things out of them. Um, the other one, I, 
I, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued at is the, the Joseph Bramlett, Maverick McNeely team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bramlett's a good driver of the golf ball. McNeely's just a good player um, all around. Um, I could see them playing pretty well. I, I don't think this is going to be them winning their first uh, PGA Tour event, but 75 to 1, you could get good top 10 or top 20 numbers off them. And I think they might win, you know, if you, if, if you find a matchup, you know, something like that. So those are the two that I really, really, really uh, liked that have pretty good odds there that uh, I'm probably going to attack here, um, you know, with my betting. Uh, I have two teams down at this number that that interests me uh, and not for wins but for top tens um tyler duncan top 11 uh got t for 11 at the rbc last week he's playing with shank both indiana guys um potential top 10 and at plus 900 not terrible odds and then the team of cabrera bayo and grillo uh two guys that, that have that have shown to play extremely well at times and both can get extremely hot and to have them at 900 for a top 10, I think that that's well worth a bet. Uh, I mean, if they get hot, they can win the tournament. Uh, so, I mean, even throwing a little bit of money down at the 180 to one, but that number there for them was kind of, I mean, you know, two guys that, that if you've watched golf for the last five years, you know, their names pretty well. So, um, that one was kind of surprising to me. Aside from that, really, there's there's nobody else down the board that I think that I, I truly love or, or feel all that confident in. Anybody else? Yeah, I like um, Buckley and Smalley, um, two guys that I've talked about a lot here. Uh, top 10 plus 800, I like them. Uh, birdie Makers is, is something, you know, not just – necessarily strokes gained off the tee or to the green, but guys that, that can fill it up and make birdies in a best ball situation. I like both of them. I echo what you said, Zach, Cabrera, Bayo, and Grio really stick out down the board here as two guys that um, have some notoriety, uh, ball striking ability at 180 to one. Uh, Higgs and Smotherman, uh, SMU teammates on their championship and uh, championship team in 2014, along with Bryson. Um, I don't, I, I think both have, some capability of going low from time to time uh, could be interesting to see if they do it together this week. I think that's about it uh, for me. I, I, I just, I appreciate some of the random partnerships uh, down here. I got, I see 26 year old Lucas Herbert with 49 year old Arjun Atwal. That one's like, how did that come about? How, how did those two guys figure out, like, you know, I want to play with you at the Zurich Classic. That, I just don't – I don't understand it. I see Bill and Jay Haas. Uh, they're entered. That's cool. Yeah. Um, uh, Jay Haas, this, God, that's kind of been like years since he's played in a regular tour event. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. For sure. I have not seen his name. I saw that too, and I was wondering if there was another Haas son or if that was actually <laughs> Jay. So, uh I guess now I know it's Jay. Johnny, anything, final parting words, anything? Nope. Don't like anybody else down the board. I do like the team, the, the teams though. And I'm, I'm hoping that this, this week here, uh, this is going to change my views on this event. And then maybe next Monday I could come on and talk about it. How, you know what? It wasn't that bad, bad of an event here, but we'll see. It's going to have to change my mind though. Listen, when, yeah, when I Will, hope. Will Zalas Horse, Davis Riley, after you've bet them or in the in contention coming down the stretch, then you'll be watching. This is going to be a top five event if that, that ends up happening. <laughs> this right. is Willie Z's Will first Will Zalatoris 
if Will Zalatoris wins this event, I will never speak poorly of him again. <laughs> so eh, maybe I'm missing something. I probably am if the two of you are telling me that I don't <laughs> consistently. So listen, I mean, maybe, maybe, any... maybe we're wrong about Will and, and maybe he's going to go another the rest of the season without winning. And then, then we'll go into 2023 and be like, is this guy going to win? Like what's, what's going on here? You're one of the best ball strikers on tour. Why can't you win? Maybe, maybe it's somewhere in the middle. I don't know that the way, I mean, again, I think he's a future masters winner. I think he's a future major winner. Um, I'll put the 10 year bet down with you, Zach. I'll take that bet. Yeah. You owe me five bucks anyways. For, I do. Uh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a dangerous bet you made, but that's okay. I thought he was going to fold there at the end. So yeah, that's what well, we do around here. It is. All right. Well, I think we're about to wrap it up. Thank you everybody for joining us. And uh, we should have picks up by Wednesday. And uh, I believe that this is going to go up on YouTube by tomorrow morning. So thank you, Johnny and Phil for joining me. Uh, and we will see you guys next week. 